This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. There's a new report that is just out over this lunch hour, and it's looking into the factors that led to the overdose death of a 17-year-old boy. Now, he had complex needs. He was moved more than 40 times while in government care, both here in this province and next door in Alberta. So this report was done by the representative for children and youth, Jennifer Charlesworth. So let's find out more about this story and most importantly, what's being done since then. Jennifer Charlesworth joins us now. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me, Simi. Can you tell us about this young man? Yes, I think important to start with the fact that this young man uh, had a very loving family. He was he loved comic books and superheroes. He was artistic. He was creative, and he had a lot of trauma in his life, lots of instability and lots of difficulties in the early years that set him on a, a path that was very difficult for he and his family to cope with. So that's the backdrop to this, and what happened was he moved, was moved to British Columbia from Alberta. He was in care in Alberta. He was moved to British Columbia and went back and forth several times. And what we've understood through our investigation is that there were many missed opportunities, miscommunications that contributed to his uh, fatality later in life. And when you mean missed opportunities and miscommunication between the two different provinces when it came to his case? Yes, Exactly. In what ways, then? What happened? Well, within Canada, the various provinces and territories have negotiated what's called an interprovincial protocol that is to guide the movement and the planning for children that are receiving services or in guardianship, uh, in care in one province as they move into another province. And what we learned here was that the protocol, the conditions and expectations within the, within the protocol were not fulfilled. And in many cases, in many situ- in, at various points in this child's life, and as a result, because of that lack of follow-through, there was miscommunication or misunderstanding about the kind of care that he needed, the supports that his family required, the planning for the child to meet his unique and complex needs. So that's what I mean by the, the it, drop the ball. Is it uh, safe to say he fell through the cracks? Yes, he did. Has anything been done about those cracks, though, since his case? I would say no. My hope is the recommendations that we've put forward will bring this onto the front burner again. And uh, I believe that the minister is actually going to be doing a uh, a release or media availability this afternoon. So you will hear about the determination that her office and her ministry has made. Uh, but no, I would say that we were not confident that changes had happened in the last two years since Romaine passed away, so that's why we're, our recommendations are focused on addressing the interprovincial protocol, the coordination within British Columbia, and the availability of services to support children with high trauma, such as he had. What can and should BC be doing better then to prevent a case like this from happening? Yes. Well, for one, we need to ensure that there is a point person, somebody that provides the overall coordination, really understands 
what children are here in British Columbia from other provinces and territories, and that British Columbia is accountable to provide some support for, and conversely, children that are from British Columbia that are being placed in other provinces and territories. So, number one, we feel that it's very important to have a coordinator here in British Columbia. And then uh, number two, uh, thinking more broadly that it's important that the other provinces and territories commit to fulfilling the terms of the interprovincial protocol, enhancing it further to clear up these areas where there's misunderstandings or they haven't fully addressed the issues. So those are two things that BC can provide some leadership on and ensure that there are appropriate services here for that coordination of interprovincial. Taking a step back, though, the other thing that became really clear in this is that this was a young person who needed specialized residential resources. This has been spoken about many times before, including by the Auditor General's report was released several months ago. And that's another key thing that we think the Ministry of Children and Family Development needs to put care and attention to. They are working on it, and we're just really reinforcing how critically important it is that appropriate resources are available for kids with complex needs. And I was reading through the report, and I tell you, every time I read one of these reports, it just breaks my heart. Even the, the very first line you started with in this, it says, when he, when he was just 11 years old, he told social workers that it felt as though he had been, quote, passed around for 20 million years. He was just yeah. 11. Yes, he was just 11, exactly. He'd already experienced so much. And I appreciate you saying that, these cases really break your heart and they should. We should feel something about these kids and be called into doing better. And this was a child too. Now this is it's beyond my scope to speak about Alberta's practice, of course, but uh, at 11 years old, he'd also been placed in secure care in Alberta. He'd been in and out there for eight times. Oh. And this is when the child's right to move freely is taken away. They're basically incarcerated. It's an 11-year-old. So, yeah, the feeling that he has that he'd been passed around for 20 million years. And another part of that quote is that he felt that there really wasn't any reason for him to live. As an 11-year-old, that's pretty tragic. We need to do better. The other problem with this is that we do cover, we talk about these stories, you know, every time there's a report out. And I think people get this sense of hopelessness sometimes because they feel like nothing's ever getting better. Like, are we Mm. making a difference? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a question I often get as well. Is there really any kind of difference? What is going to be um, uh, better this time as a result of this? I continue to have hope and confidence that the recommendations that we're putting forward will continue to influence the system and it will get better. There will always be situations in which that we haven't anticipated or we haven't uh, fully understood how we could respond to that, those kinds of highly complex situations. But there is a lot that can be done at the very basic foundational level to improve our system. And I have to remain hopeful that action will be taken. Right. What, what do you want to hear then from the minister on this? Like, what are the words that you need to hear to make this better? I would like to hear from her that she too, much as you have said, is affected and feels for this child and this child's family and what they went through. So that empathy is important. And then beyond that, 
that responsiveness, accepting the recommendations, saying we will act on these, we will move forward, we will improve where we can, wherever we can, and that we will do our level best to build a system of care that would support kids in these situations. We would hope so. Thank you very much for your time on this today. Thank you very much, Simi. That is Jennifer Charlesworth, BC's representative for children and youth, out with her latest report. This one that takes a look at the overdose death of a 17-year-old boy.